Welcome to St. James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith, Edinburgh. This podcast features edited highlights from our Easter Sunday service held on April the 17th, 2022. To find out how to join us, or for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. everybody to St. James, whether you're here in the building or at home, wherever you are, happy Easter. Um, Let's stay standing here for the um, Easter affirmation. This is the good news. The grave is empty. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. This is the good news. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never put it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yay. This is the good news. Once we were no people, now we are God's people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we will now have, oh, um, while we're just, should we explain a bit about the walls and the decoration? Um, please be seated, yes, have a seat. We're going to light the Paschal candle now, and I think Joni and Marina are going to help with that.
When Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, he was greeted by a huge crowd who waved palm branches as he rode by. Hosanna, they called. Hosanna. But the, cra- but the crowd changed, and the shouts of Hosanna changed to a cry of a different kind. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. One, two, three. His side was pierced. Jesus died and was buried. The powers of darkness were over the land and the people were imprisoned by their sins. But on the third day, he rose again. He had set the people free from their imprisonment. He had died to set people free.
remember the Easter story with celebration and awe and wonder and thanksgiving, I want you to take your piece of ribbon again and we're going to use them in our prayers. Take your piece of ribbon and hold it in your hand. And as in a few moments of silence, I want you to bring before God what's in your hearts and minds this morning. It could be something that's happening in the world. It could be something that's happening in your community or in your family or someone you know. And it may be all of these things. But for whatever it is, I invite you to bring it before God this morning. Now, you might find it useful to run the ribbon through your hands as you think. Or if there's something that's worrying you, you might want to wrap your ribbon around your hands and let it go and give it to God. So we're going to have a moment of silence and reflection as we think about what we want to bring before God this morning. And when you're ready, I want to invite you to come and tie your ribbon onto our crown in the, um, to offer your prayers to God, transforming it from a crown of thorns to a crown of love and of hope. before they become words. Before we speak, you hear. We offer up these prayers in the name of the risen Christ, our Saviour, Redeemer and Friend. Amen. And now we bring all these prayers together as we sing together the Jesus Prayer.
Gospel is taken from Luke chapter 24 and verses 1 to 12. Glory to Christ our Saviour. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Loving God, this morning as we rejoice in the risen Christ, may you give us hope and joy and resurrection eyes to see the world so that we may receive life here and now, but also to give life to others. Amen. A happy Easter to you all. It's... uh, Delightful to see so many people in church, and if you're a visitor, the few faces I don't recognise. A warm welcome, and also a warm welcome to those at home. My uh, training incumbent told me that if you can't dress up at Easter, then you can never dress up. So (laughs) if you don't recognise me, it is me. And I thought I would uh, do a little bit of colour coordination, which is the yellow and the blue, and I'm quite impressed by some of the people here who've also colour-coordinated, fantastic. Um, So as you see from the images, we have chosen blue and yellow um, uh, as a colour, obviously uh, relating to things that are going on in in our world, and the sunflower, what's going on in Ukraine. We've uh, been looking over Easter at how Easter 
relates to world events. It's not just about us as individuals, but uh, world events. And of course, it's not just Ukraine. There are other places uh, that are suffering that maybe aren't in the news, like Afghanistan and, and Yemen, all over the world. And given what's happening in the world, where we see these heartbreaking images and stories of suffering coming daily through uh, our, our television, I think it becomes easy to get stuck in Good Friday mode, to actually get quite down and depressed. Uh, I know at one point I was, I just couldn't keep my eyes away from what was going on and I'd just see it coming at me all the time. And I think today asks us not to ignore Good Friday or the suffering in our world, but to look above it and beyond it, to look at the world through resurrection eyes uh, by affirming two things. Uh, and I think we did this beautiful prayer ritual. And I think if you had a, a description, a God's job description, it would be that he, God redeems the world. God makes good come out of uh, bad. And the classic is the cross, which is really a symbol of cruelty and torture and ugliness, everything that is horrid and God has changed that into a symbol of forgiveness and love and compassion. And I think that's what uh, God does. And in order to see the world through resurrection eyes, I think there, there are two things. Firstly, is to affirm that Jesus is Lord. And I use that word purposely because the gospel writers do set up God uh, in direct confrontation with the rulers, the dictators, the empires of the world. Right in the birth narrative, he is called uh, the light of the world, which was exactly what um, Augustus Caesar was called. He's called the prince of peace, which is what Augustus Caesar was called. He's called the son of God, which is what Augustus Caesar uh, was called. He's called Lord, which is what Augustus Caesar was called. The gospel writers are saying, this is the real Lord, not Augustus Caesar, not the lords of his time. So, uh, Easter Sunday is God's big, big yes to Jesus and the way of compassion, justice, and freedom, and a big no to the imperial powers that seek to dominate, exploit, and oppress. The resurrection changes everything. Cruelty, hatred, and evil are not the last word, and death does not have the final say. Instead, kindness, love, and goodness are the final realities of the world. And I quote again Martin Luther King, I quoted him uh, on Palm Sunday, who said, I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final say in reality. That is why temporarily defeated, it is stronger than evil triumphant. Hallelujah. And I want to illustrate uh, the power of seeing through resurrection eyes uh, and through a story that Jim Wallace in his book God's Politics tells about Desmond uh, Tutu, who sadly uh, died this year. And Desmond Tutu was presiding at a service at St. George's Cathedral in Cape Town when apartheid was at its height. And as he was uh, preaching... During the service, uh, security men came in and surrounded the uh, 
um, whole of the cathedral inside. So Tutu stopped preaching, looked at the intruders as they lined the walls of the cathedral, met their eyes with a steely gaze, and graciously acknowledged their power, but gently and firmly reminded them that he served a higher power than their political authority. He then calmly said, since you have already lost, I invite you today to come and join the winning side. He had a smile on his face, you can imagine an enticing, mischievous warmth, but with an authority that took everyone, all the congregation in the cathedral, took their breath away, and their response was electric. The crowd was transformed by the bishop's boldness and changing from a cowering, understandable fear of the heavily armed security forces that greatly outnumbered the worshippers, they leapt to their feet, shouted praises to God, and began dancing in that fantastic South African rhythm, uh, uh, the way that they dance. And, and they danced out of the cathedral to meet the awaiting police and military forces who, not knowing what to do, just backed away and provided them with the space to dance for freedom in the streets of Cape Town. Ten years later, Wallace attended the inauguration of Nelson Mandela <coughs> as president and asked Desmond Tutu if he remembered that day when they had danced out of the cathedral into the streets. And Tutu said, indeed, he did remember. And Wallace reflects that apartheid did not die the day that Mandela was released or inaugurated, but it died the day that that celebration in church happened when they danced for freedom in the streets of South Africa. So there's Desmond Tutu seeing the world through resurrection eyes and actually changing the world by doing so there and then. And the second truth that Easter affirms is that Jesus lives. In our gospel story that Neil read, Mary Magdalene and the women who arrive at the tomb, fearful, grief-stricken, with hopes and dreams shattered, ready to perform one last act of love by preparing Jesus for a proper burial, are asked by the angels, why do you look for the living among the dead? And Mary and the women and the disciples begin the journey of seeing the world through resurrection eyes, and they are transformed. In other words, Jesus is alive, a figure of the present, not simply of the past. And the other post-resurrection stories confirm that he continues to be experienced after his death, though in a radically new way. He's no longer a figure of flesh and blood confined to time and space, but a reality who can enter locked rooms, journey with followers, and be present in our lives and the life of the world. So if we begin to look at the world with resurrection eyes, we can begin to see glimpses of light and seeds of hope amongst the rubble. As hopeful stories emerge alongside the horror, Fergal Keane, a correspondent who's witnessed so many humanitarian crises, uh, said, whenever I have seen the absolute worst of humanity, out of the ashes often rises the absolute best of humanity. So when we see people showing hospitality to strangers, caring for the wounded, doctors and uh, staying 
in areas still being bombed and caring for patients, people feeding the hungry, those grieving the loss of loved ones, those speaking truth to power. Uh, <clears throat> we see examples of Christ among, not among the dead, but the living. And if we have eyes to see, we can see people redeeming situations of bringing light in the darkness, beauty in ugliness, and life out of death. And I gave an example uh, on our website, which I, I won't uh, tell the story now, but it's a, describing the story of a Palestinian family who, after their son tragically died at the hands of an Israeli soldier, made the decision to make life out of death. And if you do get a chance, uh, do read that story. It's a very, very moving story. So the truth of Easter is that the promise of new life doesn't just await us in future in heaven, but that we are able to receive, both receive new life here and give new life here and now. So it is a hopeful, joyous day today. And I end with a quote from Marcus Borg, an American theologian, who said, you won't find Jesus in the land of the dead. He is still with us. The powers killed him, but they couldn't stop him. They crucified him and buried him in a rich man's tomb. But imperial execution and a tomb couldn't hold him. He's still loose in the world. He's still out there, still here, still recruiting people to share his passion for a transformed world here and now. It's not over. Amen. So I now invite you all to stand. The peace of Christ be always with you. So we're now going to offer one another a sign of uh, the peace in church and also at home. That's a camera, I think, that where uh, uh, we can actually um, be pointing towards people at home. So we're going to do it by singing Salam Alaikum.
By the cross, eternal life is ours and death is swallowed up in victory. In the first light of Easter, glory broke out from the tomb and changed the women's sorrow into joy. From the garden, the mystery dawns that he whom they had loved and lost is with us now in every place forever. Making himself known in the breaking of the bread and speaking peace to the fearful disciples, welcoming weary fishermen on the shore, he renewed the promise of his presence and of new birth in the Spirit. And at supper with his disciples, he took bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. After supper, he took the cup, he offered you thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. bread is broken for the life of the world. Holy things for holy people, broken things for broken people. Oh. 
Christ our risen Saviour, the Spirit of life and love, be with us all now and forever. Amen. Love.